Let's stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, 2 Kings chapter number 4, verse number 18. Context, a faithful woman has been a blessing to the man of God. He asked her if she needs anything. They pray and God answers a prayer and gives her a child. She has a son. One day the boy gets up and goes to work with his dad and his head begins to hurt. The boy ends up dying, then getting resurrected later on in the chapter. It's a wonderful story of what God can do for your children. Verse number 18, the Bible said, and when the child was grown, fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Verse number 34. And in between these verses, Elisha, the man of God, sends Gehazi. He delegates some authority that he shouldn't have. He should have went himself to begin with. There are some things those of us in leadership have no business delegating to somebody else. Gehazi didn't have the power of God in his life to get that boy up, so Elisha goes back himself. And in verse number 34, the Bible said, and he went up, lay upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child. Watch this, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Father, as we bow in your wonderful presence tonight, thank you for Calvary, thank you for the blood, Thank you for the resurrected Savior. Thank you for the saving grace of God. And Father, I stand where no man dare stand alone. Lord, I need your divine touch, your anointing, your power. Lord, I pray you touch these precious people, my friends in the faith, my brothers and sisters. Lord, our good pastor, Brother Ricky tonight, fill him with the power of God. Those that are lost in our midst, I pray you deal with them and save them. And the rest of us, I pray you'd give us a revival. And we'll bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I don't know if you caught the latter part, verse number 34, where the Bible said, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Uh, don't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this boy got cold. This boy got cold toward everything in his life. He got cold toward his mama, cold toward his daddy, cold toward God, cold toward every bit of it. And just for a little while tonight, I want to preach on this subject, identifying coldness in the lives of our children. Beloved, we can't afford to let our children get cold on God. We've got to keep a fire burning in the home and a fire burning in church, a fire burning in the pews, a fire burning in the pulpit, a fire in the choir, a fire in the Sunday school class. We have got to keep a holy fire burning around our kids so they can feel the heat of Almighty God. God and know what it is to be around the holy God and stay fired up for the glory of God. The closer this mother got to her boy, the colder he got. As he died, he lost his body heat. God in his design of our bodies has made us operate on a certain body temperature which is typically around 98 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, but we must more importantly maintain a spiritual temperature in our lives, maybe about 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm talking about put as much fuel on the fire as you can, pour as much gas on the fire as you can, and keep a holy high, hot fire burning for the glory of God and keep our children fired up. 
how to identify when your children are getting cold on God. Simple preaching tonight, number one. Verse number 18, the boy goes to work with his daddy and the Bible said there with the reapers. Number one, they quit hanging out with the reapers. Uh, beloved, here they are with the reapers. That's what you ought to hang out with, kids. It's those that are reaping the good fruit of God. Amen, and hang out with some good folk. If you show me who your children hang out with, what kind of people they are, I'll show you what kind of person your child is. Uh, beloved, we might as well just go ahead and admit if our children hang out with carnal people, then that means they're carnal. But if they're hanging out with the reapers, then there may be some hope of spirituality in their lives. You young people ought to grab a hold of somebody that loves God, full of God, that knows God, that ain't ashamed to shout, ain't ashamed to preach, ain't ashamed to pray, ain't ashamed to worship, and you ought to get them up by the coattail and stay with them and hang out up with the reapers that God has put in your life. Ruth, as she came out of Moab, one of the best things God ever let happen to her besides landing in Boaz's field was to get a good reputation and a good relationship with those reapers. Uh, beloved, I'll tell you something about a reaper. They know something about fruit. Uh, amen. Their life is all about the fruit. Uh, the fruit is precious to them. I like what the Bible said about the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, uh, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and temperance, meekness, and against such, uh, there is there's no law. A real reaper will do everything he can to protect the fruit. He won't abuse the fruit. He won't bruise the fruit. He'll take care of it. He knows how to crop it, knows how to reap it, and a reaper knows something about fruit. Give me somebody that knows something about the fruit of the Spirit of God. But not only does a reaper know about fruit, but know how to fill their basket. They know how to get filled up. I tell you, that's a dogmatic need of our generation today. It's a gift filled with the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, the Bible said, uh, be not drunk with wine, where success, uh, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, being Spirit-filled ain't good advice. Uh, it ain't a good suggestion. It's a commandment uh, uh, from God how uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. These reapers knew how to get filled up. Uh, these reapers knew what field to get into. These reapers knew who the best farmer in town was to work for. And I'm glad, thank God, we're working and serving for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. I tell you, I wouldn't trade nothing for who we're serving and living for, would you? Thank God I live long enough out there in the world. I know what it is. And I have the devil as a taskmaster. And the world as a slave driver. Oh, but that wonderful night when Jesus turned us loose and set us free by the grace of God, I'd rather live and have Jesus as anything I would tonight. They knew something about the farm and knew something how to follow a row and get in it and stay in it. They wasn't bouncing from one row to the next. Uh, these reapers, uh, they knew where and when and how to sow. Man, they knew how to sow and praise God. They knew how to sow their money. On and on we could go. This boy has quit hanging out with the reapers. If your children at one time hung out with good people and now they're hanging out with bad folk, uh, they are getting cold on God. 
Not only was he, did he quit hanging out with the reapers, and these reapers were faithful. Now he is not with them anymore. I go to great pains to make sure my children have good friends. I don't want my children hanging out with fornicators and adulterers and perverts and this crowd that's addicted to pornography, listening to country music, rock and roll music, and rap music. I want them hanging out with somebody that loves old-time religion, that walks with God, and don't get mad when the preacher preaches like this. He's just trying to keep your kids out of hell and keep them out of jail and keep them clean and pure and holy and your children ought to be hanging around the right kind of people. Absolutely. Now, my girls, they're not allowed to court. They're not allowed to date. Matter of fact, the only time I ever seen dating in the Bible was when Samson took Delilah out on a date. And you see how that ended up? Say amen right there. Amen. They but 15 to 16 years old. Ain't got no business having no boyfriends. I told them to play with your Barbie dolls and your baby dolls till you're 20, all right? Amen to God right there. But you think if some old buzzer comes to my house and knocks on my door, he's got earrings in his nose, look like a tackle box blowed up in his face, got tattoos from the top of his head, of the bottom of his feet. I'm gonna let my daughters get in the car with him. Oh, I know, Brother John, you're just judging. You better believe I'm judging and I'm gonna judge his hand on down the road and ain't gonna have nothing but the gospel to give him. Hey, man, you're gonna let your boy run with a bunch of buzzards. Thank God we let him up with the eagles and with the reapers and with holy people and righteous people and godly people and Christian people. I don't want to make you mad tonight, but we never have played this spending the night thing. Can you spend the night with me? You can call me a hypocrite all you want to. If you're decent and you love Jesus, you're welcome as a child to spend the night at my home anytime you want to with my children. But they're not allowed to come home with you. I know, call me a hypocrite, but that's just the way it is, all right? Amen, I tell you, I learned some of the most wicked things as a child, going to my uncle's house, going to my aunt's house, spending the night with my friends from school. Oh, we learned some of the most wicked things. I tell you, you better put a fence up. You better put a wall up. I tell you, you better guard them and keep them. Hey, I'm telling you, children, this church has put a lot of money in raising you right. You parents have sacrificed and raised your children right. And don't quit now. We come too far to turn back. If there's anything this generation needs to do, we need to tighten it down and get straighter and stronger and preach out and plow out for these wonderful children. Praise the Lord. Who are you letting your children hang around with? Signs that your child is getting cold on God. But then we move on. Number two tonight. The Bible said when his daddy heard that, he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. He's not only quit hanging out with the reapers, but now this boy is having to rely on another boy to carry the load. Daddy didn't even seem interested. Daddy didn't even seem like he cared. 
He goes to dad and says, dad, my head, my head. And daddy says, look at him, oh, we'll take him to his mama. I ain't got time to fool with him. I ain't got time to mess with him. Neighbor, I'm gonna tell you, we better always have time for our children. We better always have an open ear and an open heart and better, and don't put the responsibility of your child's spirituality on another young person. Your child's maturity on another young person. It won't ever work. The job will not never get done. God gave us our children and they're our responsibility. I have looked at a few people down through the years and I have said, I appreciate your concern about my children, but they've already got a daddy and they don't need another one. I ain't the perfect dad. My wife ain't the perfect mother, but they're our responsibility. Right, God, boys, I'm gonna tell you one of these days, you're gonna grow up and get married. God's gonna bless you. Girls, you're gonna grow up and you're gonna have children. Who would ever thought uh, that Celeste and Noel would be having babies in church? Hey, man, up here singing, raising babies, changing diapers. <laughs> now you're having to reap everything you sowed, praise God. And it's coming back double payback time for the glory of your mom and daddy. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, you know I'm just kidding and picking on these. But it ain't like bringing a dog home, is it? It ain't like having a pet bird. It ain't like raising chickens. Great God, when we had a child, he changed my life. We brought that little girl home. It was different now. I done had me some rules up. They ain't sleeping in the bed with me. I ain't staying up all night. Amen. The first night, about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up. There's a little baby girl laying beside me in my bed. I said, this ain't happening. I looked at my wife and I said, what in the world are we doing with that young and She said, honey, she won't go to sleep. I finally got her to sleep. And I didn't even try to argue that point. Just stay right there, baby. When the twins were born, I'd hold the one that wouldn't cry. I mean, that's who I held, the one that wouldn't cry. Remember, I tell you, I learned right quick, it's different now. Life in the Morgan home has changed. Can I get an amen from any parent out there? Praise God. Amen. This is an awesome responsibility for God to give us these children. And we can't let, we, I can't put the load on you to raise my kids. Now I'm going to tell you something. I get so tired of these parents. Amen. Every time a young and gets in trouble, they blame the preacher. They blame his wife. You want to bring your kids to church three times a week and expect them man of God, how to do the job that you're supposed to do. I get tired of it. You take them to meetings and the youth camps, they get fired up and 30 minutes back home, their backslid is a billy goat. You better keep it holy in your house. I keep family order in your house. I keep preaching in your house. I keep talking about God in your house. It's just as important for a home to be holy as churches to be holy. It's just as important for a home to be clean as it is the church. Your pastor can't raise your kids. He's relying on somebody else. Thank God for this lad that was doing it. But what our children don't get at home, they'll find it somewhere else. What love they don't get at home, they'll find it somewhere else. Our children ought to know we love them. What uh, compassion they don't get at home, they'll get it somewhere else. What uh, fellowship they don't get at home, they'll get it somewhere else. Do you ever fellowship with your children? I enjoy fellowshipping with my children. Amen. What kind of what, what kind of fun they don't get at home, they're going to go get it somewhere else. I'm a firm believer. You know what the rules are in our house? They're so simple, you won't even have to write them down. Number one, live for Jesus. Give God everything. Number two, have fun while you're doing it. All right. Amen. That's right. 
life. I think you ought to have fun. Life is too short to have some boring life. Ain't nothing wrong with laughing. Ain't nothing wrong with fishing. Ain't nothing wrong up with camping. Ain't nothing wrong up with going bowling unless they got the rock and roll music playing real loud. And what you do then is you go to the operator of the bowling alley, say, I got a hearing problem. Could you turn that down? Amen. But you're lying. I ain't lying. I hear just good as y'all do. But when I hear that mess, it grieves me. So that's a problem. Amen. And as somebody to cut it off. I just feel like preaching tonight, all right? I'm talking about when's the last time you had fun with your children? You got to learn to improvise when you're on the road. That's your brother Tarvin. Somebody said, you mean you let your, I couldn't tell you how many phone calls, don't hold this against me, that I'd get from the operator at the hotel room, say, excuse me, sir, we got some complaints that it's getting too loud in your room. I said, well, I, I, I pray about that. We'll try to work it out. Well, my goodness, them beds make a good trampoline. You can take the coffee tables up in, a, in one of them good hotel rooms, got a coffee table in it, just lean it up against the bed, put some pillows on the floor, it'll make a great slide. I'm talking about having fun. Man, I've this boy tried to communicate to his daddy and his daddy didn't want to hear nothing about it. There are going to be times in our lives. I'm talking about we're going to have to have fun with them. We're going to have to be uh, firm with them. Going to have to what discipline. They don't get it home. They're going to get it somewhere else. Now this boy, I don't know why I'm in a hurry tonight, but I just say this boy tried to talk to his daddy and his daddy didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, your parents are going to have to get honest with me right here. Sometimes our children are annoying. I know you don't believe that. But sometimes you kids just get on your mom and daddy's last nerve. Now, I understand that your mama and your daddy may have a short fuse and it don't take much to tick them off. They just need to get right with God and it ain't your place to tell them, say amen right there. But I'm telling you, something my, the boy said it twice. And there's going to be times that when a little girl has an issue, mama's going to be the only one that needs to deal with it. There'll be times when that boy has an issue, Brother Grant, that you're going to be the one that needs to deal with it. Nobody else. No offense to grandparents. No offense to a brother or sister, an aunt or an uncle. But that's your responsibility. And there are some talks that's just between me and my son, my wife and my daughters, and it ain't nobody else his business but this wasn't one of those situations this was a situation that needed to involve mama and daddy I don't know about you but if that had been my young I think I know what I'd have done you're complaining about a headache. Your head's hurting. Is it that bad? Yes, all right. I wouldn't have got somebody else to pick him up. I'd have picked him up myself. I'd have took him to my wife. And I'd have said, honey, let's have prayer over this baby. Let's go to the doctor. Let's call 911, whatever it takes. But not this dad. Yeah, they're going to bring the same thing up, mom and daddy. Do you have to ask me that every day? He was just wanting to talk to his daddy about what was going on in his head. I asked my old preacher years ago, Brother Raines, I said, Brother Raines, you ever figured out how to read your child's mind? He said, you never will. 
I said, what we're going to do, that's a part of my youngin's life that I can't get into, I can't touch, I can't read it. He said, John, you might not be able to tell what's going on in their minds, but you can have a large part of what goes into their minds. Oh, Lord, I tell you, we better watch putting gossip in their minds, talking about the preacher in their minds, running down the church in their minds. We better watch what we feed our children. And all this boy wanted to do was have a conversation with his daddy. Now, Mama, Daddy, really, when's the last time you sit down and had a heart-to-heart with your child? See, we got to identify, we got to watch being overbearing, being too, too overbearing, and we got to watch not being there enough. There's a fine line, there's a heavy balance. I don't want to be a parent that every time I walk in the door, my children know that something negative is going to come out of my mouth and that they run every time they see me. I don't want to be that way. But when it does come time to drop the hammer of judgment, I want them to know that it's going to get dropped. Somebody say amen right there. There's a balance. Yes. And nothing like it. You and your child. Okay, what's going on? You're cold. You're not praying like you used to. You're not testifying like you used to. You're cold on God. Find out what's going on and let them open up. And, and uh, I, I, try to, I try to really just be, be as merciful to my children. I'm not the perfect dad and you ain't neither. But I tell you, it's a whole lot better when my child, one of my children come to me and they confess something that they've done wrong rather than me having to find out from somebody else. Children, you need to communicate with your mama and daddy. You need to let them know when you're tempted to sin. You need to let them know when something's bothering you. If it's something foolish or whatever, let them know it. And if your mom and daddy says it ain't that big a deal, then just say, hey, you know what, mom, dad, you're right. Trust your godly parents. Trust them. He's relying on somebody else. Daddy got rid of them as quick as he could. Is this ever come out of your mouth, Mama, Dad? Is that all you can talk about? I'm tired of hearing it. There's got to be a way to communicate with our children. Daddy got rid of them as quick as he can. What goes on in their heads? Well, man, we got to talk to them about the decisions they got to make. There's coming a day when our children, it's going to be their decision where they go to church. It's going to be their decision how they raise their children. It's going to be their decision who they marry. I want my children. I believe they do. Brother Chris, I believe my children got enough confidence in me and especially their mother that they could come to us when it comes to this decision making of marriage. And I want my children to get married. I want them to give me some grandchildren. Not right now. I told my girls, maybe when you're 20, I'll let you think about boys. But I know that ain't going to hold. Now, whatever y'all do, don't tell them I said that, okay? That's our secret. And I got it going good now. There's a boy here a while back said, man, I'd hate to be one of John Morgan's son-in-laws. And I said, you just keep on thinking that big boy. <laughs> Shoot you with a shotgun's what we'll do. Say amen right there. <laughs> Woo! Can I get an amen? And uh, we want that. But I'd hope that they could come to me as a, as a dad and say, Daddy, what do you think? Well, if I, I'll, I'll have to get serious then. 
and quit telling them everybody's a devil and everybody's crooked and wrong. And they know that, but y'all just let me be me and you be you, okay? I just love my children. And I'll just have to tell them, you know, if it's a good boy, I'll have to bite my tongue, eat a whole lot of pride, I guess. He's a good She's a bad He's bad. And if you trust your mom and daddy, you better listen to them. Because I could take you right now, about a three-hour trip from now, and I could introduce you to a young lady who's probably pushing 30 years old by now. And her mama went to her and said, Honey, you don't need to marry that buzzard. His daddy, her daddy said, You don't need to marry him. He's a bum. He's low down. He's dirty rotten. I could take you where the preacher looked at her and said, Honey, you don't need to marry him. The Spirit of God don't bear witness. Her rebellious heart went against good, sound, biblical counsel, and she married him. Anyways, turned out to be one of my biggest perverts. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at your preacher. We care enough about your children. We want to help them get married, right? <laughs> really, I'll tell you, I've been doing this 23 years now. My heart breaks every time I see a youngin that I've signed their Bible that they've loved me. They went and carried my coat and carried my Bibles and got me water and they shouted while I was preaching. They just take everything that we've tried to put in them and they throw it away. Yes. Yes. We got to help them with their decisions about marriage. Help them with their decisions about a career. Well, what you going to do when you grow up? I asked one of my young said, what you going to do when you grow up? And they looked at me, what you going to do when you grow up? <laughs> I let them get by with that one because it was funny. <laughs> and it was right, okay? <laughs> what you going to Decisions, career, decisions. How you going to live? How you going to dress? How you going to act? How you going to talk? Decisions. He relied on this lad to carry the load. He relied on this lad. When that boy had to pick that other little boy up, he got close to him. He relied on somebody else to get close to his children. I don't know about any natural-hearted parent will not want anybody else getting closer to their children than they are. I love all of you. As far as I know, I ain't got a bone to pick with none of you. I don't want you knowing more about my children than I do. A parent and a child should have a close relationship. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Verse number 20, the Bible said when he had taken him up, you know what that word take up means? It means to lift up. It means to bear up. He was relying on somebody else to lift him up. Neighbor, I'm telling you, that daddy was relying, if I could put it this way, on somebody else to lift him up closer to heaven and to call on God. We have got a God-given responsibility to pray for our children. It's a will of God for us on a daily basis how to be calling our kids' names out in prayer. I like that old song, when mama prayed. I tell you, mama, get a burden for your kids. Get a burden for your children, daddy, and get on your knees and bombard heaven and don't take no for an answer and sing that old song, I would not be tonight and pray for your kids. Pray them out of hell. Pray them out of jail. Pray them right with God. Pray them spirit-filled and pray for
for your kids. Then a couple years ago, Brother Jack, my boy, come to me. We were talking about something. And I said, boy, I mean, you're just going to have to go to the rock pile and pray about this. He looked at me and he said, I'll tell you what we need to do, Daddy. Under normal circumstances, I just kind of wouldn't take that. I'm going to tell you what we need to do, Daddy. Because <laughs> I like to be the one to tell them what we need to do. Amen. Say amen. You don't tell your parents what to do, do you? Do I need to back up and preach that you do not boss your parents around in any parent that would let their children boss them around? You're crazy. Can I just put it that way? Remember I told my wife when we first had kids, right now we're both bigger than they are and they ain't gonna push us around and tell us what to do. But JP, God bless his heart. He said, I'm gonna tell you what we need to do, Dad. And I said, all right, what's that? I mean, I thought going to the rock pile and praying was a good idea and the will of God. Brother Brown, he looked me and my God-given eyeballs. He said, Daddy, we need to get Mama to pray about this. I said, we do. He said, yeah. He said, when Mama prays, things happen. He said, when I grow up, I want to marry a woman just like my mama because she knows how to talk to God. Beloved, glory to God. I don't know about you, but I believe I can run from here to Goobertown, Arkansas and back just rejoicing that God blessed me with a woman that knows how to get a hold of a throne room of God. I tell you, if it wasn't for your mama's prayers, you wouldn't be singing in the choir. I tell you, mama, hey, there's some people in here. Your mama prayed you out of hell. I prayed a liquor bottle out of your hand. I prayed red and out of your heart. Thank God for a praying mama. You know what Mary of the mother Jesus did after he died? She took her boys out of the upper room and got in an old-fashioned Holy Ghost a prayer meeting and prayed for her babies. Glory to God. It's right to pray for your children. Have you prayed them? He's relying on somebody else. So you got the simple outline. Your children's getting cold because you, mama, and you, daddy, are relying on somebody else to carry the load. Number three, how to know when your child's getting cold, he wasn't responding to anything. This boy had dropped all communication with his mother. Neighbor, he wasn't responding to her tears. I mean, it didn't matter how many tears she shed on him. I mean, that little boy's in her lap. She's a crying and the tears are falling off of her face and it ain't affecting him one bit. I'm gonna tell you something, young, and when your mom and daddy is a praying and crying over you and they're trying to help you get close to God and they got tears running down their face and it don't bother you, there's something bad wrong with you. I'm telling you when the tears of a broken-hearted mama and a broken-hearted daddy don't affect their children anymore and there's such an attitude of rebellion. Our children need the fire of God in their hearts. Her tears, her talk, she couldn't say anything that would get his attention. He wasn't listening to her. He wasn't listening to the verses. He wasn't listening to the prayers. He wasn't listening to the charge. He wasn't listening to her singing. He wasn't listening to the preacher. He wasn't listening to the choir. Something's wrong. When a child can sit in a good God-anointed service and never be moved. I told my children years ago, unless I'm sitting with you, you're not allowed to sit on the back row. 
You're not going to, oh boy, I go in some churches. Y'all are blessed. You don't even know it. I go in some churches and kids sitting on the back row playing their cell phones, playing their games, and all this stuff, texting during the services, back there picking their noses, wiping their boogers on each other, amen, writing love letters, holding hands, kissing all over everybody, amen, sitting back there with earphones in their ears, listening to wicked, ungodly music while the preacher's trying to preach his heart out. I don't know about you, but I can't do it while I'm preaching. I'm just apt to say something, Brother Chris, every time. If they get mad, I guess they just have to get. I didn't come to make none of y'all mad tonight. I'd rather be preaching something that'll help you shout. I'll tell you right now, our kids are getting cold. They're getting cold, oh God. And it's about time somebody got back with God and put some fuel on the fire. He wasn't responding to her tears. He wasn't responding. She was vexed and he didn't respond. He wasn't responding to her touch. Touched him and it didn't nothing. Does your mama's spirituality touch you at all? And if it don't, mama, whose fault is that? God help us. He's not responding to preaching. He this boy, he ain't going to no altar. He ain't going to stand up and testify when they call for testimonies in the youth choir. He ain't going to testify when Principal Williams says, anybody got a word for the Lord this morning? He going to sit there like Elijah the Wooden Indian. He ain't going to respond. He ain't going to move. I mean, the boy ain't got no heart. He don't even have a heart for himself. He done passed being selfish. He don't care about nobody. He don't care about himself. God forbid that you ever grow up and get so rebellious that you don't even care about yourself. And when you go out and you fornicate and you drink and you get on drugs and you live in sin. You don't even care about yourself anymore. Our children need to find God. He had no heart. He couldn't see anymore. He couldn't see the will of God. He couldn't see what God wanted. He couldn't see God moving. He couldn't walk. He's not walking with God. This boy couldn't talk. He wasn't talking. He wasn't communicating. When children quit communicating and close their hearts to their parents, they're cold. It's a sad testimony of a teenager if he or she, if your testimony, youngin, if people talk about you, and this is what they say, they are a closed book. That's one of the worst testimonies you can have. You need to open your heart to Jesus. You need to open your heart to your parents. He wasn't responding. Well, briefly, he wasn't ready. This boy was in his training stages. He was immature at his best. Our children, sometimes we turn them loose too early. Turn them loose with a cell phone too early. Turn them loose with making big decisions too early. Turn them loose with a car too early. Just because you're 16 don't mean you're ready to take off in a vehicle by yourself. I told my sweet lead-footed daughter the other day, she's got her learner's permit. 35 means 35. 45 means 45. She'd been paying attention to daddy, knowing that he can do five or 10 miles an hour over and not get in trouble in most states. So I've had to say, uh, when I'm with you, I'll slow down. <laughs> and where in the world did the United States government come up with this age of 18? I 
Y'all help me out, Brother Dave. I've read it from cover to cover more than once. I ain't found 18 anywhere in this King James Bible. Just because you're 18 don't mean you can run off and do what you want to when you, hey, the government may say yes, but God says no, your mama says no, your daddy says no, 18 don't mean a thing. I'm telling you, these kids are getting turned out too loose, too early. Wait, I, got, I know that by experience. I got turned out way too early. My brother got turned out way too early. And it's only the grace of God that either one of us got saved. I hope I'm helping you tonight. But watch this. This this is going to hit home, okay? And and I'm almost done. I preached longer than I was going to. He wasn't running. He didn't run away. He wasn't hiding under the couch. He wasn't hiding in his room. He was right there out in front of everybody, cold as a block of ice. Y'all ain't running. And I don't know. I'm not going to point anybody out. But if I had to make a guess, I'm sure there is somebody in our midst tonight that you're as cold as ice toward your parents, toward your God, toward your church. The only reason you're here is because you have to be. He wasn't running. This this ain't the prodigal son scene. If anything, this is the elder brother scene. He wasn't running. Acts chapter number 28. Our musicians will come. I'm done. Acts chapter number 20. What, what Elijah did, Elisha did, he covered the boy. He put his eyes on his eyes, his mouth on his mouth. He covered him. Well, Brother Morgan, do do you preachers really have to cover every area of our children? If you want them to have revival, we do. If you want them to have the touch of God, we do. Please, parents, let your pastor pastor your children. Was it Brother James Jones from Harriman, Tennessee? Said he's preaching in his church and he noticed that when they were little babies, the Parents would be saying, that a boy, that a boy preached to them. When they became teenagers, they started screaming, whoa, boy, whoa, back off. Don't preach to my children. Hey, I'm telling you, we need preaching in our day. I'm afraid. I told you, Pastor, today, I'm afraid, Brother Chris, we have drifted so far from what we should be. Having a strong stand with a whole lot of compassion is what we need in our day. We've drifted so far from what we should be and used to be that we ain't just going to go back overnight. It's going to take a long time to turn the ship around. It's going to take a long time to get back to shore where us Baptists need to be with God. Acts chapter number 28, I close. Paul and them had been on that storm and it was winter and it was cold. They got on that island called Melita and they started helping build a fire. They weren't building a fire to set up a smoke signal. They weren't building a fire to cook. They weren't building a fire to make a sacrifice. They were building a fire for one reason and one reason only and it was because they were cold. Off 